Space Anime. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Podcast of the Gundam Heroes. Today we are talking about Gundam Endless Waltz. And to be specific, we watched the combined version because apparently it has a little bit more material than the separate three-episode OVA, I guess. This is the special edition movie, so it looks cool and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what the yeah, differences yeah, yeah. are, but whatever. The differences are is that the heavy arms is blue for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, other things to know. Um, if you were worried that everyone's motivation made them look shitty and awful and like their actions <laughs> made them horrible killers that didn't really earn any kind of, you know, like... Uh, redemption. Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't really, didn't really get any of that. No. Um, don't worry, the movie decides to try and take another crack at it. Let's see if they do it this time on Gundam Wing. Time <laughs> to Gundam Wing, fix the plot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the movie begins with a shot of the uh, Earth behind the moon. It's uh, after Colony 195, Christmas Eve, because of course you got to get Christmas in here somehow. Apparently uh, the, the first... battle happened? Yeah, this, like, the first Christmas two minutes Eve? or so is like the recap of the last couple episodes of the series. So we see like the Libra falling to Earth, the Peace Million. There's a bunch of space battles. Gundams, you know, are shooting up Leos and everything. It's all nicely animated. Like, one thing I will say about this movie, it looks nice. It looks they, nice. Yeah. They spent money on it. Um, yeah, so the narrator breaks in. There's a recap of the Operation Meteor and how Trey's closed the curtain on an era. He died in battle to prove his point in Earth Sphere. United Nations has been created, and now there's peace everywhere, and everybody's happy and stood up and clapped for Trey's. And nothing um, bad ever happened again. The end. Yep, the end. And then Snidely Whiplash fucking twists his mustache <laughs> in space. Yeah, so... In After Colony 196, weapons are no longer allowed on Earth, and they no longer exist on Earth. But as long as man exists, there will always be battles. And there's a really heavy-handed metaphor here of some farmers doing their plowshares bullshit. Uh, we get the title card. It's Endless Waltz Special Edition. Um, it's the special, thing, all right. Yeah, the first thing we see is up in space, Sally Poe is piloting a shuttle. Uh, she has the code name Water here, and she's talking on the radio. The only reason I bring this up is because it makes a later scene very funny. Uh, <laughs> She uh, found something in space and is recovering it. Um, and after a whole bunch of very bad broken English on the computer screens, we find it's neo-titanium. You know, that special titanium with a few extra protons. Yeah, the cool stuff. Not, not that old titanium. It's out of date. I'm not sure which broken English it is, but there was one in particular that I really liked because I had no idea. Like, I think this might have been a later one. Yeah, there's a scene later, though, with... Ralk. Ralk, yes, Ralk. that's towards the end. Yeah, it's way later. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, right. I yeah. want to make sure I talk about Ralk when we get to Ralk, because Ralk is the greatest mystery of Gundam Wing. <laughs> nah, the, um, this, the one that we had in the beginning was the one with Gun Bruiser in it. Oh, uh, right. yeah, it's, like a bunch of, it's a bunch of tech specs, and they're very, very good. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like... It, it looked like Gun Burger when I first. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, it was also, that too. <laughs> there's also like plus or minus go- Gauss. It's like G O U S E, like Goose, but extra. extra yeah, plus goose. or minus Goose zero zero zero. It's, <laughs> it's very good. There's a lot of very good uh, bits in it. A goose with margin of error. Um, <laughs> and there's also like a weird geometric render that looks like it'd be in just about any '90s movie, but it's like half of one. So imagine like <laughs> the bottom quarter of an Arwen. 
wing. Yeah, it's a Star Fox <laughs> special like right there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we cut over to an asteroid. Um, we see these weird pod things, and four of the five Gundams are in it. So uh, the Wing Zero, the Heavy Arms, the Death Scythe, and Sand Rock are in these pods. Now, it's and important we- to remember that these Gundams have bombs on them. They could just blow them up. Yes. Instead... Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Duo's talking to Quattro, and he's like, well, there's no more war, so we don't need the Gundams anymore. And I guess it was Quattro's idea to just send them into the sun with the rest of the asteroid. So, like, I guess they're done with this mining this asteroid, and they're just going to get rid of it by throwing it into the sun. And why not throw the Gundams on it? It's cool. Yeah. You know, throwing the Gundams into the sun kind of sounds like a plan that Duo would come up with, you know? <laughs> Cool team, got a death, got a fire right Gundam into the sun. You know, I actually... For my death scythe hell. It actually kind of makes sense to me that Quattro would come up with this plan because then he could bill it to his company and get some tax <laughs> money. This so, is a tax write-off. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one of them, they like go to a shuttle and then they press a button and the asteroid takes rocketing off towards the sun and they say their goodbyes. Uh, they note that Wufei did not send his because he's kind of a jerk. But, Don't you know, worry whatever. about it. And then Quattro's like, I wonder how everyone else is doing. Um, we cut to the narrator giving a montage thing. He's saying that the MO2 is having a ceremony to mark the end of the war. That was the asteroid at the end of the series. I love how randomly important this asteroid becomes. And, like, fuck yeah, it, have the company really Christmas strange. party on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. sure, why not? Um, Lady Oon is talking with Noin, and she is saying that, like, people didn't have time to do Christmas a year ago, so Christmas parties are totally awesome, and let's get Christmas drunk. was canceled. <laughs> they introduce, I guess, the president of the UN Earth Sphere. He looks like Leslie Nielsen. And there's a scene <laughs> later on, and he looks yeah, dead on like does. Leslie Nielsen. It's so yeah, funny. And it just makes me think Leslie it's Police Nielsen. Squad or something the entire time this is all going on. <laughs> uh, but he's giving a speech to everyone saying that, you know, Earth, Earth and humanity learned a valuable lesson about peace and whatever. Noin and Un leave the party. Uh, Noin says that maintaining peace is harder than getting it. And the two of them are part of this, like, preventer squad. Like, Earth doesn't have any weapons anymore, but they do have a bunch of people looking around for people trying to start shit, and that's what they do now. And I gotta say that the whole idea of, like, maintaining peace is harder than getting it, then why did you let Trace do his fucking Rube Goldberg machine to end all war? <laughs> like, if the hard work was later. I don't know, man. Man, Trace um, killed himself before he got to the hard part. I yeah. mean, he knew what was <laughs> coming, didn't he? <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> done anything. Um, so we kind of like, I guess that the whole party thing was in the past. Uh, Noin is Skyping Sally Poe on a shuttle. Um, Sally is telling her that she found the new titanium that might be for new mobile suits and that she's tracking down leads and trying to see who's been building these mobile suits or something. I don't know how she put this together with getting pieces of it in space, but they're both concerned about asteroid. Yeah. They're both concerned about trying to solve this problem before it turns into a bigger problem. Uh, we cut over to this newly finished ca- colony. It has a really long name that's a number. X1899. There we go. Yeah, something like that. I'm just going to call it the stupid this colony. So many times. So many times. It's burned into my brain because it's so awkward every single time they say it. Yeah, could it be the image just like New Jersey, New New Jersey or something? Right. Like, I, why did they like have to go? Mexico? Yeah, sure. That works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the narrator saying that like it was finished seven years ago and like they cut to a whole bunch of politicians talking with Relena and I guess the colony is having economic problems because people on earth don't want to emigrate to the cast the uh, colony so like they're not getting tax funding or so, I don't know I'm sorry Shinzo Abe 
Yeah. This will not help the colony's declining birth rate. Um, so one of the guys is telling Relena that, like, we need a strong leader like you to take over and tell us what to do. And she's like, this is really sad. Didn't you pay attention to any of the bullshit that happened in the last year? Why would you want me to do any of this? Uh, she takes, like, a sip of tea, and then she's immediately drugged and passed out. Oops. Um, some guys in new red uniforms come in. So, like, remember how Oz and the Trace faction had, like, different colored uniforms? It's kind of like this, but they also just kind of look like weird French legionnaire traffic cops. Like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> these things other than they look really stupid. And it's yeah. not the was... worst uniform that this army has, too. No. It should be noted. Nope. I was sure. just going to call them the red fancy lads. They just look like <laughs> slightly fancy lads in military uniforms. Yeah, yeah. like... They're wearing shorts that are, like, way too high and also rolled up, and they have weird hats. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And to clarify, fancy lads, not, like, good style, not, like, fancy, like, you know, classy or anything. No, Just no. Lads. Like, definitely <laughs> lads. Like, Boy Scout uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, they're, boy, they're the Boy Scouts of America. The beige ones are worse. <laughs> so one of the dudes uh, starts monologuing about how the schemes are complete and those that lack a leadership ability should leave the room and make way for those that have, which I don't know what he was talking to or to whom he was talking to. Just monologuing, yeah. as people tend to do. Um, so we cut to two people watching the president's speech. Uh, these are two new characters that are being introduced. One is a tall, older, mustache man. He looks like being Deacon. in his 40s or 50s. His name is Deacon. Deacon is such a like, fighting game character name. Yes, it is, yeah. And the other one is this young, I have to say, like, 12 or younger year old girl with Preteen, for sure. I, I looked up, but I'm going to bring that up later. Okay? okay? It's, it's going to be, it's gonna be oh, very important wanna, in a little bit. I'm going to guess, though. I'm going to guess before you... We'll play mm-hmm. the game. We'll play uh-huh. the guessing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, her name is Marimea, and they say it really weird with, with some, like... It's like, Marimea. Marimea. Like, like no, they say it like she's Italian or something. I, I don't yeah. know. It's like Marie... Marimia. It's <laughs> really not great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Deacon, the older guy, is saying that there's nothing wrong with wishing for peace, but can humans actually be good and not fuck it up once they have it? And Maria's like, well, we'll have to teach them. And, then and they of course, to... they're the ones who are going to go fuck it up. Yeah, so they cut to a bunch of new mobile suits. These are new suits we haven't seen before. And uh, Marimea is saying that Daddy left her with a Christmas present, so she has to deliver it to the people, and she's being all sinister about it. The uh, we cut of to this the circus. Movie is, a, is a little girl. Yep, <laughs> the two villains of this movie is an old man and a little girl. So yep. scary. We cut to the circus. Uh, Catherine and Troa are like watching the crowd from behind the curtain. It's saying, easy to miss that you cut to the circus when you're watching Gundam Wing and Those Walls Already. Wow, got him. Yeah, they're saying how small the crowd is, but then uh, Troa spots a whole bunch of G-men-looking dudes in the back, and he's like, I'm going to go look into these assholes. So we cut to him beating them up outside. <laughs> look um, into it. Yeah. I noticed he's wearing, like, a double leather strap like yeah. Mayor Mike Hagar, and yeah. he's also kind of ripped now. Like, I don't yeah. know if he's been Troa's hitting the gym. Huge. He's so stacked. It's like, what, Troa? What happened to you, he, he buddy? puberty, I guess. <laughs> He's been doing a lot of flips, I think, yeah. Got that upper body strength. So he roots through their wallets. (laughs) Yeah. First thing he does after he beats them up is go through their wallets. Yeah, so he looks through the wallets, and then they have an ID from the Barton Foundation. And if you don't remember, his last name is also Troa Barton, so he's kind of weird about this. Yeah, but he's like, I remember Maramea or something. So here's where we hit one of our first flashbacks. This movie does this five times, and, like, there's no distinction... Yeah, and there's no distinction that it is a flashback, so it's nope. kind of confusing if you don't know what's happening. It, 
yeah. it took me a solid like 20 seconds to figure like as soon as he started talking and like explaining it it was like oh okay but it took that's a what bit. we're doing yeah. Basically. yeah normally you just like fade to sepia tone or make that little like chime sound or something but yeah yeah so uh, then you could have flash- done a transition yeah so in the flashback uh <laughs> troa is doing maintenance work on the heavy arms which is blue yeah, he's just like some random guy doing maintenance work. And this random guy, who I'm going to spoil right now for the sake of clarity, is the real Troa Barton, uh, <gasps> shows up with a photo. It shows him a photo with Maramea in it. And he's like, look at my daughter. We're going to conquer Earth no, together. No, no, it's look at niece. my niece. Or niece, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Um, Very important. That's the end of that scene. So it's kind of confusing if you know what's happening. <laughs> Um, we cut back. I do like, though, that this explains, for what it's worth, why Troa Barton... Our Troa Barton is so dog shit at piloting, and he's always the first one of the group to get fucked. He's actually like, a janitor. Yep. He's just a janitor. Ma- yeah, he's like, he was a maintenance guy who worked on the robot, so all he knows how to do is stand out in the middle of the field, hold the triggers down, and then run out of ammo and be like, uh-oh, team. Uh-oh, Troa did a whoopsie. And the explanation for this is even better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got to a different scene. Hero's doing some hacking. Uh, he gets a dossier on Maramea. Uh, she was born to a Lisa Barton, uh, no father information, and then her mom died two years after she was born. Uh, Duo shows up um, and starts saying that, like, oh, I didn't know Troa had a niece, but Hero's like, this is not the real Troa, you idiot, you fucking moron. Which, like, did that ever come up in the no. show? No. no. No, of course not. Hero just knew that. Yeah. Hero knows everything. <laughs> he's so smart and dreamy. Uh, Hero gets up and he goes to leave. Um, says that he has to rescue a kidnapped Verlano, and Dewar just kind of laughs at him, saying they're like, "Oh, you'll do anything for the one you love," or something. It's whatever. Duo uh, has a lot of like extremely duo lines in this. Yeah, they play him up to like eleven. Yeah, it's not funny. Uh, we cut to Deacon. Uh, he's giving a speech to a bunch of these red suit guys there who are named the Serpents. Um, they're standing in front of some mobile suits and they're all in rank and file. He's telling them that they're on the way to glory from Aramea and they're going to finish what, you know, Trey started and all that. Uh, we cut to the crowd. It is a panning shot and we see that Troa's there incognito with a uniform on because, you know, he's... Troa literally is the most Boy Scout looking Boy Scout except for one person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Troa's there in the crowd. Deacon says that they have to smoke out traitors, and then a spotlight shows up on Troa, and he says Troa stepped to the front. So, of course, Troa being himself does like a triple front flip suplex, whatever, to the front of the line. And he pulls out a gun on Deacon, but he is stopped by a man with a sword, and lo and behold, it's Wufei. He's there, and he's shot. Who just earned his fucking sewing badge or something, because <laughs> he is the most Boy Scout Boy Scout that has ever Boy Scouted. Yeah, it's re- he looks really stupid in the uniform. And he's going to wear it the entire time. <laughs> yes, he oh, does. I yes. mean, he, him looking stupid is really appropriate, honestly. True. Like, he is the, still the worst boy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so back in space, Sally calls up Noin. Uh, they figured out where the new suits are being made. It's the same colony from before, the X-198, whatever. Uh, nine, they also, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> they also somehow nine? Found, Number, Number nine. nine. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> God, we got to come up with a better name for that because I'm not calling it X18999 or whatever. It, it is. It's ridiculous. We, we tried to come up with like any kind There's of name. There's nothing. <laughs> we'll just call it nine. Nine. Okay. That? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mari Maya Barton is making the things. Like, so they figured out like really early in this whole movie who's making the bad guy suits and where they're being made and everything. There's no but, intrigue at all. No. Everyone no. just knows. Yeah, within the first 20 minutes, you know who the bad guys are, you know what they're trying to do. 
Um, so Sally thinks that they're going to declare independence or war on Earth uh, in a few hours, and that Relena has also been kidnapped. I don't know where she gets this information. Let's just gloss over it. She knows things. Um, they make plans to go capture or rescue her or something. Um, we cut to Relena, who had been passed out, waking up on a fancy bed inside some mansion. Uh, Mara Maya is just kind of sitting there on an office chair next to her. Yeah, she, she just rolled a chair in for this <laughs> to yeah. watch her sleep. So Relena does, like, the logical thing. She's like, oh, little girl, have you also been kidnapped? And Mara is like, no, I did it. It was cool. That was me. <laughs> and so Relena's like, okay, who are you? And so Mara introduces herself as Mara Kushranada. What and she's the? also very clear to say that she has the DNA <laughs> test to prove it. <laughs> I forgot that line. Yeah. And no, uh, we're not going to double cr- double guess you here. Yeah. So uh, she doesn't know why she was born, but she does want to carry out her father's wishes. And I was just confused because her father was wished for peace and gave up his life and killed a whole bunch of people for he, it. He so did literally she... all that for peace, yes. But yeah. let's not worry no, no. about it. Now that we know the twist, that she trains his daughter, this is where I now <laughs> want to bring time. up. This is it, the age. So, yeah. Can we, How ooh, old can do we you think she is? Trace yeah, is 24. Trace is 24. Yeah, so I got to think about okay. this. If he was... If she's 12, that puts him at 12, which is way too... Oh, fuck. <laughs> right? Oh, We've entered the nether zone. I'm, I'm going to... She's seven. Mm, I'm going to say nine. No, seven is correct. <laughs> Damn. She is not seven, but... I didn't but even yeah, think about Trey's that. Trey's had a kid at what? Uh, Age 17. 17, yeah. 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 Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Like, I, they couldn't have made him a 16-year-old dad, so I it had like, to be 17. I was like, maybe it was 15, just for the sake of... There's no way this kid is seven. In She's any, seven. Like, a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old is like... Rainbows are made of magic. <laughs> That's the level of... No, I'm on a like, juice box right now. <laughs> I have made decisions based on my father's standing will. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am the legal executor of my father's will. And it says I get all the juice boxes I want. You can't play a T-rated video Kaiba. game. <laughs> it's like a Seto Kaiba situation, except she's not played up enough. Like, yeah. She's not yes. actually yes. good enough to pull it off, whereas like Seto Kaiba was actually that good. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, living proof that Trey's fucked. Really young. <laughs> Real young. Yeah. So, um, Relena hears all this and she's like, who the fuck has been telling you all this? You're a fucking seven-year-old. But uh, this pisses off Maramea because she's a bratty child. And she says, says stop being so, or I'm going to have to stop you from being so rude like five or six times you in Don't this movie. use that rude language. It's like, she didn't swear at you, honey. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, so she's pissed off and says she's going to lead the uh, Earth Sphere United Nations. Uh, some troops walk in because, you know, Relayna was yelling, but she dismisses them because the room's monitor or whatever. I don't know where that was going. Uh, she kidnapped Relena. She tells Relena that she kidnapped her because she was queen once, and like it was c- courtesy to do that or something. Right. You know, if you're going to become the new queen, the best the best thing to do is tell the old one about it. Yeah. So Relena's like, "So no, really though, why do you have me here?" And she's like, "We'll you'll find out soon enough." Hee hee hee. Um, back in space, Duo is skyping Quatra. Um, he's going to uh, Duo and Hero are going to the colony that nine colony. Uh, Quatra is panicking because, like, we don't have our Gundams. What are we going to do with our Gundams? I wish I had my Gundam back. And so Quatra's like, yeah. the kind of guy who kicks cigarettes by, like, burying them in the backyard, but then keeps thinking about the shovel all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That's a very good analogy. Um, <laughs> Duo is saying, is like, oh, don't worry about the Gundams. We'll just break into the colony and steal one of their mobile suits like we've done 500 times before. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Sure, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And so while he says this, Quatra's still like Madden berating himself for shooting his Gundam into the sun. So he's like, I, I got to go get it back. I got to go because I left my Gundams in El Segundo. I have exactly enough time. I'll be able to get it right before it goes into the sun, which again... Guys, why? Yeah. I love that someone just, someone wrote on a whiteboard, firing or rescue the Gundams from being fired into the sun, and they were like, "All right, we're doing that." Like, n- no thought would, whatsoever anywhere make, else. It would like make sense if like they had abandoned them already because of peacetime, but they were like hiding them somewhere. But then it turns out, you know, like. Maramea like knew where they were, or, like found them or something, and she was hurtling them into the sun because she couldn't figure out how to use the self destruct. Like, no, nope. there's so many ways yeah. this could have been written to make any sense. And when sense. we get to the Own end goal. of this movie, too, it's the stupidest fucking thing. It's so good. Yeah. So, um, during all this, Hero and Duo are docking their shuttle with like this giant rocket thing. Um, Quatra is now in his own scene talking with the Maganak Corp because they're there, too. They have to be in the movie. Uh, they're going on this interplanetary ship that should get them to the Gundams just in the nick of time. It's very stupid. Yeah, the way that the way Ty said that, like the Maganot Core has to be there because they're his only character. It still <laughs> applies. Yeah, even in this movie, uh, we get a really awkward non-cut to a flashback of Duo just before Episode One. We, you know, in that Duo scene that we just had there. Yeah. Um, in this flashback, Duel is planting bombs on the Death Scythe and goes to blow it up and self-destruct it, but like they don't go off. And then into the scene walks one of the Gundam scientists. He has the one with the fucking Doctor uh, Strange. Yeah, he, he's the Doctor uh, Light R- slide, the bowl cut. Yeah, the bowl cut dude. Not Doctor Light. Who's the other one? It's pissing me off. Now. It's not really. Dr. Hey, like, he's kind of Doctor Wily. It's not like, a Doctor Wily, but it's, a, it's no. It's more of like a Cyborg Zero Zero. Yeah, from that one specifically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the scientist comes in. He's like, uh, are you going to kill me too? He's like, I was planning on killing everyone. But the bombs didn't go off because the scientist disarmed him. The scientist is like, hey, listen, if you're going to endure the operations, just go take the Gundam and do whatever the fuck you want. Look, at least don't blow up he, the, he, the merchandise. And he does also clarify I was planning on blowing up everybody, including myself. Yeah. So he does say that for what it's worth. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, Hero's the one who tries to blow himself up all the time. And Duo's like, you idiot, you moron. Duo's like suicidal whenever the plot remember remembers. Like he, <laughs> he randomly is like, I'm also willing to kill myself for this, and then it just kind of falls off. Yeah. So a scientist is like, take it, go do what you want with it. Also, there's this guy from Florida down on Earth, go talk to him. Yes, he does bring up Florida man. Yeah. Uh, we get a different flashback immediately after this. Uh, it's a hero running and laughing. He, hero like kind of climbs and jumps over a fence and then this runs through the field and laughs. This is the weirdest scene. Yeah. So he runs and laughs and he's having a great time. He's lying down in the grass in the middle of this field on a colony. As happy a girl, as a child assassin could be. Yeah. A girl with a puppy walks up to him and asks him if he's lost. And he says, I've been lost since the day I've been born. Still hero. Yeah. Uh, the girl gives him a flower and is like, have a great time. I'm going to go play with my dog and runs off. Um, cut to later that night, Hero is presses a button and starts blowing up this facility on the colony like he's doing some military sabotage bullshit. Uh, during all the explosions, a Leo falls over, like through the fence out into like a civilian building and crushes the building. Uh, Hero's watching this and then like he crushes the flower he had with him. He also it's- says mission complete, TM. Yeah. 
Just so you know, these he's got his cool kid line even back so then. So the next day, it's snowing on a colony. Sure, um, <laughs> he walks into the crushed building, like, and it's supposed to be like a remorseful and sad scene. He finds the dead dog there that for the kid had from before. He picks up the dog and starts walking into the camera in this like weird voiceover thing of the Gundam scientists arguing about making Hero emotionalist because they don't need emotions to carry out the mission. This is some of, like, the most ham-fisted writing in a movie about one of the most ham-fisted series I've ever watched. Yeah, so, like... It's actually impressive. They were trying to make Hero seem like a joyful child assassin, but (laughs) after he somehow inadvertently kills some civilians, including a girl... That he met the previous day. Yeah, the Gundam scientists then do some psychological bullshit or something to him where it makes him void of emotion... And this is supposed to be endearing to his character, and it's very stupid. Like, like, no, it's... Hero killed a dog. He is now officially the worst character in the movie. Mm-hmm. He felt really bad <laughs> like, about it. I don't care. Basically... I don't care. He killed a dog. He's now the <laughs> they worst. Try, they try and, like, play him up as, like, an in Bruges character. Like, if you're familiar with that film where, like, you know, he kills a kid and he's, like, really torn up about it. But the problem is... He's never really torn up. <laughs> yeah, like and this entire play- scene takes a minute and a half total. And also, if this was supposed to be a thing that happened before the series, why is he just bringing it up now? Yep. Yeah, like, oh, well, that's what all of these flashbacks are. It's like, yeah, and that's the biggest problem. Is yeah, so with a lot like in- aggressively retconny. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's, like, the worst about this, I think, is, like, it shows him being upset about this dog, and then he goes through the first 45-ish episodes of the series being a complete (laughs) asshole, blowing up everything when he wants to, and laughing about it like a maniac. So, like, if it's trying to endear the the viewer to this character, it's not working. Nope. Um, But we're interrupted in this flashback because Hero is woken up by Duo. It was a dream sequence or something. Uh, Marimea is now making a statement from her Asteroid 9. Or Colony 9, whatever. Uh, she declares the colony is independent. She declares war on Earth. She says that she's Trace's daughter and it's in human nature to fight. Um, we cut to President Leslie, Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen calling up Oon, asking why uh, Oon didn't stop it. Because uh, Marame has been prepping for this for a while and Oon's wait, like, wait, listen. How could Oon have stopped it? All her weapons are gone. What, what are they expecting? No, no, they're the preventers. No, but how can they prevent anything? <laughs> Who prevents the preventers? <laughs> Anyone, it turns out. Like, literally anyone. <laughs> yeah, so Un was saying that, like, listen, she's been planning this since before there was even a preventer place. We didn't have the time or money to look into this. We, she just makes up stuff, and then she's wondering if she can stop it without help from outside. We get a character walking in with his back to the camera. It's Zex. It's Zex. Uh, Don't worry about it. Zex asks for a code name, um, and the, he says he wants something like wind, which is appropriate for putting out fires. <laughs> I just thought, like, wind spreads more fires than it puts out. Yeah, my, literally my first thought was he was just like, wind for being known for putting out fires. And I immediately was like, that doesn't work, like, in any context at all. Like, wind, maybe if you're blowing out, like, a match or a light, like, I don't, like yeah, like yeah. wildfires this is in what California I was saying earlier, largely that, made worse right. by wind. Yeah, yeah, this is what I was saying earlier with Sally had, like, water or something because this whole joke. It was taken... Like, yeah, it was done. What he really wanted was a giant <coughs> fart noise, but that didn't translate. <laughs> Brap. Um, so we cut to Duo and Hero. They're on that shuttle. Apparently, this is like the hot rod of shuttles. Um, Hero's saying like it's super touchy and fast. And their whole plan is that it's going to fly it straight into this colony where Mary it, It's is. Hero's only move when he doesn't have a Gundam is to crash yeah. a shuttle into something. 
So they start flying at the colony. I guess Sally and Norman were already there, just kind of outside of it. And they're like, hey, don't try to go in there. It's dangerous. There's mobile suits. Yeah, you should join forces with us and help us. And Dua's like, nah, we're going to do this ourselves. Bye. So they start piloting the shuttle super fast towards the colony. There's Taurus suits outside shooting at them, and they're just dodging shit. There's uh, some Noin, Macross missiles. It's fun. Yeah, Noin flies her shuttle <laughs> and starts the Itano Circus, and it looks real nice. And they eventually <laughs> do get crash-landed in uh, to the docking bay or whatever. And then they somehow steal two Leos off camera. It's really funny. Yep. <laughs> they immediately go from crash landing, getting out of their ship. Next scene, they're in Leos. Like, it just doesn't explain it. I was really disappointed because I was really hoping for another scene of the two of them, like, drop kicking guys out of the Leos. <laughs> <laughs> kicking them. Uh, so they get in the Leos. They split up in part ways to go do their stuff. Uh, Duo goes to go through a door, but he spots a new mobile suit. It has a minigun and just stands there and shoots at him. And his immediate first reaction is, hey, I know that style of combat. I know who's in there. It's Troa. <laughs> so it's worth I noting know. that this is a double <laughs> minigun, uh, like the tall arms. That's the thing they decided to steal from the Gundams. The shitty Gundam's weapon. Yeah. yeah. Also, for the record, when he's like, wow, that fighting style, I know that. Troa is standing perfectly yep. still, pointing his gun in one spot and holding down the trigger. Damn, what a fighting style. You got oh, Troa, it's cool true. move. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny because it cuts immediately to the inside of the cockpit of Troa just standing there looking bored. <laughs> um, elsewhere, Hero's going to do stuff, and he's attacked by Wu Fei and his Altan, Ultron, whatever the thing is and i should make a point i mentioned at this point um the gundams the five gundams in this uh movie look different than they did in the tv show yeah they've all gotten a glow up yeah um it's not because they're new or different they just decided to redesign them for the movie and repaint the heavy arms yeah (laughs) mainly because they wanted to sell more plastic models (laughs) of course um Mm -hmm. they start fighting uh hero is obviously at a disadvantage in a leo versus the gundam uh hero's like what's going on wufei and wufei says you are, do- are you doing the right thing? And Hero's like, what? And Hero is the correct <laughs> one to react with what once we figure out why Wufei is doing this. Yeah. So as they fight, uh, Hero tells Wufei to blow himself up and he- Wufei's not listening. <laughs> yeah, he's like, take your fucking self-detonation. Do it, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And Hero's like, fine, if you're not doing it, I'm going to do it. And so he gets out and gets ready to blow himself up. Uh, we cut over to Duo having a bad time because he's getting shot by the new suit that Tro was in. Uh, he asks if Troa's serious. Troa says that he has the wrong guy. I'm not Troa anymore. Yeah, by and the fires... way, that traitor scene went absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Um, so he fires a bunch of missiles at Duo. Uh, Duo's thinking he's going to die. And of course, since we can't show the conclusion, we do a flashback. Uh, Troa is saying that he's nameless and that the uh, there's a flashback here to him again as a mechanic for the heavy arms meeting the real Troa Barn. Uh, the real Troa is arguing with the scientist about Operation Meteor. Uh, the scientist says that Operation Meteor is going to kill 2 billion people. It's going too far. It's too much for revenge. And the real Troa Barton's like, the purpose is not revenge. It's to conquer Earth and awaken the new humans and be, you know, cool in space. And then through this conversation, we learn that Troa, uh, that the real Troa's dad is Deccan. So that's kind of the family tree thing. Done, done, done. Yeah. And they're all part of the... Barton Foundation, which I guess is the super conglomerate that wants to rule Earth. They don't go into it. Uh, oh, right. I'm supposed to care about this shit. Oh, man, I <laughs> forgot. It's wild how you just forget to fucking care about so much in this movie. When none like, of these characters do anything. Like, what happens here fucking kills me. Because you could have had a scene that had the same basic conclusion, but actually make Troa matter, our Troa. And, 
and, and also the relations, like the the familial relations yep. and stuff in this, don't do anything. Nope. They don't matter. They're like, Troy was related to this guy, which might make you go like, oh no, except it no. doesn't matter. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not relevant ever. Yeah, yeah, so the real Troa starts getting pouty and says, like, I'm going to go tell Deacon about this. And, you know, he's not going to have you Gundam scientists around much more. But then the Gundam scientist assistant guy just shoots him dead. Yeah, this random no-name dude is the one who kills the real Troa Barton. Not, like, you know, the character that we followed for 49 episodes. No, no. Yeah, so our Tro- the Gundam pilot Troa Barton walks up and says that uh, my name is no-name. Uh, but I'm going to take Troa Barton's name because that sounds cool. Uh, I've got to pilot the suit. I have no desire to conquer Earth, but uh, it looks a cool, wow, wow, cool robot. And the scientist guy is just completely cool with this. Yeah, yeah, just go no, do whatever. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we cut back to the present. Uh, Dua does not blood die in the explosion. Uh, Troa escapes while he's being not blown up. And then Hero also escapes. From, this is just a really bad scene in this show that, like, Wufei does not follow Healer. It's, yeah, they all escape. It doesn't matter. Um... That's Meanwhile, stupid. Quatra in the sun. Yeah. So Quatra is talking with the Machina corpse about how to get to the Gundams faster because he's concerned he won't be able to get to the Gundams and then get them back to Earth in time. He makes up a whole bunch of bullshit about like gravitational slingshots and also blowing up the back of like the asteroid that turned the ship around fast. He just pulls out some shit from his ass about how he's going to do this. And it's and like, again, dude, it, it's rocket science. You're going to get it. Like, yeah. we get it. You're going to get the Gundams. Just yeah, they had to establish stakes. But there, like, there is absolutely no tension in this scene where he's like, it just might work if I make up the rules. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing is, yeah, the whole time. Gundam wing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the whole time, too, everybody's just like, yep, nope, we should make it. Yeah, it really should be fine. Yeah, it might be a little close, but it should be fine. Like, literally, like, all the Mangadot Corps, like, not a single dude is like, oh, shit, we're not going to make it. Like, everybody's just like, yep. yeah, uh, no problem, Quatra. Yeah, we'll be there. Hey, you know, <laughs> five minutes to spare. You, you good with that? Oh, perfect. No, no. So, like, the thing is, like, when they pass the asteroid with the Gundams on it, like, they're only going to have five seconds to transfer over to there. And so all the guys are like, okay, you know, there's five gun or four Gundams there. Let's bring four of us. And Quattro's like, no, I got to do it alone. It's too dangerous for the rest of you. And then he breaks into this stupid speech about how the Sandrock saved his life and this shit is precious. And like, this is all. The Sandrock told me yeah. every life is precious and I need to protect them. So I'm going to go get myself fucking killed. I'm going to go That's fall what? into the sun real quick. Yeah, it's real stupid. Um, back towards Earth, Sally and Noin spot a bunch of Taurus suits going towards the Earth. Uh, they haven't had any contact from Duo or Hero since they've broken in, and since all the suits in the last battle, they also note that all the suits in the last battle were Taurus or Leo-type suits, and so they're like, where's the new mobile dolls that we heard about? Where are they? They must be someplace else. It doesn't matter. <laughs> back no. on Earth, people are getting ready for Christmas. Un's looking out of window, feeling all sad that Mari Mei is going to take over Earth. Uh, this is where we get our third flashback to Quatra talking with uh, his Gundam scientist. Um, the Gundam scientist is telling Quatra that there's a self-detonation function in the suit, and Quatra's like, oh, yeah, is that supposed to be so, you know, if we get captured, they won't, you know, steal our tech or anything? And the scientist's like, no, if those are in power, need to be willing to kill themselves. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> forgot wow, about that dude. line. Me too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so they get the call to start Operation M, but the scientist is like, listen, these guys are idiots. Um don't listen to them. Just go do what your heart tells you and then blow yourself up if, if you must. And this just makes me remember back to like the first thing Quatra did in the series was he went and blew up a military base and then like chilled and played the violin outside his fucking Lawrence of Arabia set. Yeah. So, he just met with his buddies and like hung out. 
I mean, I guess if that's what your heart tells you to do. <laughs> Lived his best life. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to the mobile suit on the asteroid someplace. Deacon says his calculations are accurate, unlike Kant's, which is kind of funny because he just threw shade at Kant's for no reason. Um, <laughs> we cut back to the, the colony number nine. Mara Maya and Relena are on a helicopter flying someplace. Uh, Relena asks, uh, if this is, is this really Trey's will, starting another war? And Mara Maya just straight up says, I don't care. I want to be victorious. So, <laughs> I'm seven. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, Relena then says that, like, we need to find deeper me- It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Relena says that she needs to find a deeper meaning on what it is to fight because, Maramea, you're seven. You have no fucking idea. And Maramea's like, this like is- rude. <laughs> <laughs> so elsewhere on the colony, Hero and Duo are watching a chopper leave to the spaceport with binoculars. They wonder why they're going to Earth. Hero says he's more concerned about Deckham. Um, Duo says that they're trying to do Operation M all over again, apparently. I don't know how he jumps to that. They keep, like, talking about Operation Meteor as if it's different. And this is sort of, like, the big twist of the whole movie. And it's dumb. Yeah. Um, so Quatra and uh, the Maganox are arriving at the Gundam satellite. They do some, like, Armageddon-style shit where they, like, they shoot a tether cable across and then they have to cross it and Quatra almost falls off the asteroid, which I don't know how that works. Also, the asteroid is, like, a really bad 3D model. Yeah. They, it's, like, the you, one thing in this show that I really noticed, that it yeah, just they, looks like garbage. Yeah, they reused the same uh, tech that was in Char's counterattack and it looks really bad. But anyway, he gets inside the asteroid. Um, he says, or... Yeah, he said he makes a note that says like the air is really making it less hot in here, which is the exact opposite. But whatever. Uh, back on Earth, back near Earth, Deacon is on a resource satellite, and he notices that like one of these preventers sent a cruiser at him, but it's too late. Haha, my master plan is now complete. He starts sending a bunch of these new mobile suits in the carriers towards Earth. Um, this is when one of his mooks spots a new mobile suit coming from Earth, and it's the Talgies Three. I thought the Talgies got blown up, but I guess they remade it. Talgies 3 with a vengeance. Well, Zex has had yeah. an entire year to, to rebuild him, That's I guess. That's true. Yeah, I guess. He's been bored. Yeah, he hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> That's been his project. It's just been it's sitting in his garage project. for a while. He's been looking at Craigslist for fucking Gundam parts to rebuild his car <laughs> in a salvage title. Okay, so yeah, Deckham knows that it's not Trey, so it has to be Zex. Um, Zex starts chopping shit up and Deacon makes note that like our suits can't fight back because they're prepped for re-entry or something um, Zex then Skypes up Deacon and uh, he says that like yeah, I can't sleep while the ghost of Trey's is roaming around so he starts blowing up the meteor um, he goes to shoot the meteor that's what it is that uh, Deacon is on but uh, Deacon's like I have an ace up my sleeve and he spells that he's trying to recreate Operation M uh, Deacon's ace is that if he doesn't get the way his way and take over earth that they're going to drop that colony nine on earth. Uh, Deacon then says three completely stupid statements in a row that he's one asked, uh, asked Zex to surrender Two says that he's not going to allow Zex to be their leader. And then three invites Zex to join and fight for him, which is yeah, like right away. He's like, I learned the error of having you on our side after what, uh, God, what was his name? Cans. Fucking cans. cans. Yeah. yeah. After Cans made you the leader, I'm not that stupid, but if you want to be on our side but not as leader, that is that That's is still cool, though. <laughs> That's fine. They <laughs> are That's so fine. negotiable about everyone in this show. It's amazing. <laughs> it really is just like, you're the reason the last plan failed no longer. I mean, but if you want to hang out. You're going to be pretty cool, fun. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that tall geese. <laughs> we got some chips and salsa. I mean, we can't eat them all. 
So the uh, rest of the shuttles start going towards Earth. Zex doesn't do anything because he doesn't want a colony drop happening. Uh, Wufei's someplace watching this, and then he follows the shuttle with Maramea and Relaya on it. Relena is telling... uh, Yeah, Relena tells Maramea that dropping a colony on Earth is dumb as hell. Why the fuck would you try doing that? Marmea says that, like, oh, we won't need to if everybody bows before me. It makes us makes me her queen. Earth's Which is queen. pretty seven-year-old. Yeah, you know. Um, and she also brings up, like, that's why I have you, Relena, because if everybody will listen to you. So if you told them to make them obey me, then it's all cool, you know? You know, I'm so annoyed at Relena in this movie because she could have ended it three or yeah, four she times. Just she could have snapped the seven-year-old <laughs> girl's neck. Yeah. She was left alone with her. This is like For the third... So long. This is like the third time when she is just with this girl and there is nothing to stop her from just reaching over and Pushing killing... the helicopter. And killing and they, this girl. Yeah, and they try and make it like a thing where... Like, earlier on in the film, like, they make a little bit of noise, and she's like, there's guards listening all the time, so don't try anything funny. But it really doesn't work when you literally could just, like, just throttle this down. Yeah, choke this girl. <laughs> you could kill her There's never in guards in frame, in frame, and that's, that's all. I mean, I guess we'd know how many seven-year-olds Relena could take in a fight, though. <laughs> None. Yeah. None, because she refuses. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we cut back to Quatra. He somehow turns around the asteroid with the Gundams on it by blowing up two of its engines to just spin it once and then spin so it not. So help me, I am turning this ship around. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, there's no way the fucking orbital dynamics of this make any sense. No. no. But, yeah, he's on his way back to Earth. The asteroid's going back to Earth. It's all cool. Um, we got the hero and duo. They're in some hallways shooting a bunch of these serpent guys. Um... Troa is giving a voiceover right now about the original Operation Meteor since the show really never touches on it. Nope. Never gets um, mentioned in the actual The original show. plan was they wanted to fuck up a colony and try sending it towards Earth. And then during the chaos, they were going to send the Gundams down and take over Earth's government. I feel and that they... I think, I think this is one of the, like... And again, the thing is, some people might be like, oh, give them some credit. They actually did, like, allude to this a little bit. But here's why I'm not going to. No. Because they alluded to, like, 7,000 things. Yeah. And fulfilling, like, choosing one of the tons and tons of threads they left open and deciding to, like, run with it isn't impressive. No. <laughs> like, it's like, you wrote a really bad book. And because of that, you can just do whatever afterwards. It was and all planned. All in you here, baby. Endless Waltz. Yeah, Endless Waltz is basically a big ploy to try and convince you every character was actually on some, like, next-level 4D chess shit. <laughs> yep. They weren't. Oh, God, they yeah. weren't at all. But Endless Waltz is trying to be like, oh, but actually, Hero Yui, know the original Operation Meteor bad, and knew that someone might revive Operation Meteor, which bad later on. It's like, man, Which is why off. he shot his Gundam into the sun. Even, like, the original plan doesn't make sense. So they <laughs> wanted to steal a colony, send it towards Earth, like, and then send the Gundams down there in the cast. But, like... Okay, say that they captured Earth. Now you have a colony dropping. Or did you really want Earth in the first place if you're throwing a colony? Because that seems like an end game sort of shit. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. Their plan Australia is Australia doesn't exist anymore. It does seem like <laughs> well, nuclear so, winter, so everyone dead kind of plan. <laughs> yeah. It's so we can achieve peace in space. Right. We already achieved peace in space. Whoa! Drop it! <laughs> Um, so Hero and Duo shoot their way into a room where Tro is already hacking. He berates them for taking too long. Uh, he is trying to get the Colony 9, which is on its way to Earth, to stabilize. 
Um, Troa realized that Deacon's plan was the original Operation M, so that's why he moved early to stop him, and I guess joined the Oh, okay, the okay. So, Deacon pointed a gun at Troa, saying, you need to kill traitors. Mm-hmm. And then they capture him, and then they recruit him, and then they trust him? Yes. Again, Troa. another case of, <laughs> hey, you were the one who thwarted our last <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. I mean... Yeah, so unless you're unless you promise to be chill. So here's <laughs> the thing that gonna... I'm also wondering: Deacon knew about Kant, and I'm assumingly knew something about the White Fang when they were doing bullshit. Shouldn't yes. he have known that like these guys were super double crossing traitors all the time because that's what Troy <laughs> already think. did. Yeah. Okay. Um, they are trying to stabilize the colony. Troa, yeah, the realized plans. Troa does some hacking. He presses super return on his keyboard. <laughs> yes. the There's a return button. and a super return on the keyboard. <laughs> and the uh, colony is okay now. It's fine. They call up Sally and Noin and say that everything's good. Everything's cool. Um, Zex goes and he blows up that MO3 satellite where Deacon was on. But Deacon escapes. Ha ha ha. Last minute with the satellite and he goes towards Yeah, Earth. remember that giant like ticking clock that they had that they introduced about 20 seconds ago? It's gone now. Yeah. Don't worry about it. There was zero stakes at all in any of this. They never give time for tension to develop. No. Like, even if they wanted to, there's no chance. The, the main characters happen. are too cool for tension to happen. Yeah. Like, when you present these undefeatable robots and legitimately make them undefeated for the entire show. I mean, the only times they're defeated, the problem is they've been defeated. But in the show, every time they're defeated, it immediately turns around with... Oh, that was part of the plan. They have a better robot. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) That or they blow themselves up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Like, no one else can beat them. Only they can beat them. Man versus self. I see. (laughs) So, um, they're in this room. Soldier guys, the serpent soldier guys outside are yelling into the room. Hey, we have you surrounded. Open up. Um, meanwhile, Duo just starts checking his email, I guess. He got an email from Quattro (laughs) saying, they're like, hey, we got the Gundams. We're on our way back. And so, <laughs> fucking Hero is like, or Quatra's saying that they'll be there in 24 hours. And I'm just laughing because earlier they said that there were already five days beyond Venus's orbit. So I don't know how they're getting from Venus to Earth in 24 hours. And no, Hero no. is also like, yo, sh- he does some quick math on a whiteboard and is like, okay, if you shoot this here, I'll go pick it up. Yeah, so he says that he wants the wing zero someplace out in space. Um, and soldiers are about to break in. So Hero goes over the duo is like, hey man, punch me right now. So dude was like, well, oh man, I don't know, but I guess I'll do it. And so he, he punches Hero in the jaw. Hero no-sells it and then sucker punches Duo in the gut and he doubles over. Um, he then gives the hunched-over Duo to Troa and then lies face down on the ground with the hands behind his head. The guys break into the room and like, oh, well, good job, Troa. We trust you to capture these two Gundam pilots that you're immediately associated with. Hero then just stands up and runs off. <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, wouldn't these dudes fucking know? These guys are Gundam pilots. They've worked together. They stopped the last war together. They know that Troa has been an undercover agent. You you would think one guy would have a gun trained on Hero at the very least. Because that's what happens is they're looking at Troa and they, like, let the guy on the ground, they let the super soldier, they just, yeah, they just turn their back on him. And then he just, like, stands up and sprints and they're like, oh, beans! Yeah, but guys, these are the people who gave Troa the job in the first place. (laughs) Fair. Oh, the stupidest fucking guards. Okay, so we cut out the space. Zex is just chilling in Talgeist in the wreckage of this asteroid he blew up. Uh, Noin going out there and she picks him up in her shuttle 
Zex says, uh, they uh, Skype each other, and Zex says, so how have you been? And Noin gives, like, the biggest fuck eyes to him. It's like, it's been one year and two days. And that's the end of that yep. scene. Zex is like, you up? And Noin is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut over to the narrator giving a montage. He says that it's Christmas. Um, Marimea, the army, has captured the presidential suite of the United Earth Sphere, whatever, um, peace on Earth is now done because so there are now off robots. Screen, off screen, Marmia's <laughs> army has now captured the Earth. The Earth is now captured. Done. Just done. Right now. Off yep. screen. Narrator comes in, goes, by the way, the plot happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess really there, they, they say they kind of allude to the fact that there was nothing to stand up. She landed like 200 mobile suits on the Capitol and was like, hey, I rule now. Bye. But they didn't even show that. They were just like, well, she did that, and it's done now. Uh, <laughs> Earth is now conquered. Thank you. You had a scene. Every you had a scene serene. of sex and nine interacting instead of a scene serene. where the Earth was captured. <laughs> serene, every time we have to draw an additional robot in this scene, it costs us $435. <laughs> so if you are asking for a scene where we have to draw nine robots, I'll have you know that is about $3,000. I'll take one pointing a gun at the president. <laughs> it could be a still. president. It could be a still even. We didn't even get that. Yeah. We got nothing. Uh, so we get a musical number here and a montage of the Wing Zero being sent ahead of the asteroid. Hero is in a shuttle. He'd do some docking stuff. Uh, we see that the serpents actually do kind of take over the city here. It is kind of still seen, whatever. Uh, Zex lands his tall geese on Earth someplace. Uh, Duo is getting thrown in jail. Wufei's just chilling in space. He's doing an extremely G Gundam pose as he sits in his Gundam and like, fuck you, Wufei. <laughs> yes. Uh, Marimea and Relena are now on Earth near the presidential palace. Um, Hero is docking up with the Wing Zero. He gets in and takes off his spacesuit, which is just the funniest thing. Look, it helps him pilot it a bit better. It's yeah. just not comfortable with the seatbelt on. And uh, the song ends as Wing Zero flaps its way off to Earth, which by the way, the Wing Zero looks like the Wing Zero except that they traded in its like God. wings for actual bird wings. Right, right. It's like metal it, slash wings that it had it for so dumb. literal like, angel it wings. It, it makes it cross that line between like, it looks just bulky enough that it's like, that could be a robot. Like, those are big enough pieces of metal that yep. that's reasonable. Yep. To this one's like, Oh, it's like a delicate clockwork angel. Like, if you blow on the wings too hard, they'll start falling apart. Yeah, it Which, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Um, so, on Earth, um, I guess the U the presidential palace is in Brussels. Um, the serpents are standing outside, just guarding or whatever. Uh, Relena's there, and she's looking up in the sky and says, Hero... And then, like, the presidential palace starts moving, and, like, it falls underground, like, <laughs> Tokyo 3. Owns, by the way. Yeah, it's, like, Tokyo <laughs> 3 and Evangelion. Like, it just falls under, like, six different shut curtains of metal, and, like, things move into the walls. It's I built my mansion cool. on, an on an elevator. It's kind of cool looking. Um, Marimea tells Relena that, like, um, our castle is protected. It's like, why is this house necessary in a world with no weapons? She says that history is like an endless waltz, wink, wink. And then looks directly at the camera and bounces her eyebrows yeah. 20 times. Uh, she says that war, peace, and then revolution <laughs> are the three steps of humanity. It was like, but her reign will be different. This time it's different, Steve. It was not different. <laughs> it was not different at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get a flashback. Wufei has a flashback now. Um, he's yelling at that old dude from episode 30. I think his name is Master Lon. I didn't know it at the time. Yes. I looked it up. 
So it um, turns out the original Operation Meteor was supposed to happen to this colony, which means that all of those monks just had a fucking death wish. Yeah, so... Yeah, the Wu Fei's colony was the one that was supposed to be in Operation Meteor. Uh, the Alliance planned to just get rid of it. They said, fuck it, if the Alliance is going to do it, we're going to just drop it on Alliance headquarters, because fuck them. Um, Wu Fei is mad. us, will ya? Yeah, Wu Fei is really mad at this, and he has a sense of justice and integrity, so he's got to go to Earth to bring his justice or whatever, and he steals his gun and flies off. Uh, back in space, uh, he's floating around Earth, and he sees that Hero is coming, and he doesn't want Hero to get to Earth for some reason. So, Hero and Wufei have a really bad dialogue. Um, Hero says something to the effect of, is this what you interpret as justice? And Wufei says, I need to determine for myself if peace at the expense of life is really peace. To which I reply, you motherfucker, you're helping these assholes break the real peace that was happening. What the fuck are you doing? Right? You're helping kill people for fascism, you moron. Still... The worst boy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And it gets even dumber because this isn't his only motivation. And the other one is also just as dumb. Yeah, so Wufei says that humanity didn't change at all after the events of a year ago. Uh, we cut the earth. There's a bunch of people. This kind of like a montage scene. People are being held hostage in this hotel. Of the hostage people, the ringleader and Catherine are there. I don't know why they're there. I don't know how they were on earth. I thought they were in a colony before. Who don't worry knows? about it. Yeah. Um, the main reason to show this is that there is a serpent guard sneaking around with a gas mask on, and this guard is obviously someone in disguise, and they start gassing all the other guards. It's Sally. She's rescuing the hostages. This scene did not need to be in the show at fucking all. Nope. It was so funny, though, because they gas one guard, and the other guards go, oh, hey, what happened to you? And run up to this <laughs> guard. Yeah, it's very, it's very Metal Gear. <laughs> like, someone put a magazine in front of a yeah, gas grenade. It is. And it's so slow for being a completely pointless scene. And it is also a funny scene. She gasses a bunch of dudes out in this hallway, then opens the door to where the hostages are, and the hostages are perfectly fine. But um, uh, we cut the dude... We cut the duo. He's in the cell because I guess the serpents threw him in there instead of just shooting him in the face. Um, he makes some note about his, like, Quatra should be here soon with our Gundams. He pulls something out of his hair and then somehow kicks hard down cut. an iron door onto hard two cut. guards. Yeah, hard cut of him <laughs> kicking on the door onto two guards outside, crushing them and running off. And it's like, you know, sure, whatever. At you this don't point, even I'd... see what he pulls out. Like, that's how economical this is. Yeah, like, I thought it was got to be, like, thermite or something. He's got to burn the door down. But, like, no, he just kicks it off. It's <laughs> When you build a guard place, you put the, you know, hinges don't of the door on the it. inside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Duo steals a shuttle, and he screams, yeah, like an idiot while he does it. Tro is sitting in the pilot seat, and Duo's like, well, you could have helped me. And Tro was like, well, I wasn't waiting for you. I was waiting for someone else. And it was Sally, and she shows up, and they rescue. Who cares? Um, back in space, Hero and Wufei are fighting. Uh, this fight scene is good looking. They spent money on it again. But it's pointless. But it's pointless, yes. Yep. Uh, Hero keeps calling Wufei an idiot, says that the war they fought is over. Why are you still fighting? Then Wufei's secondary objective comes out. He's mad that soldiers were discarded at the end of the war. What am I fighting for? Yeah. He's mad that he has to collect unemployment now. Um, Wufei says that he's fighting for the soldiers like Trey's did because he still can't give up this whole Trey's thing. Uh, He says that Hero and him are the same, that we can only feel truly alive on the battlefield. And Hero's like, Trey's is dead, you moron. Stop doing this. And Wufei's like, nuh-uh, I fight for him now. This whole fight like, scene. he's living rent-free in my head, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, back in Brussels, uh, Noin and Zex are there now. They flew in from space, and they're starting to shoot up all the uh, serpent guys. Um, 
Noin's like, we can't get to the presidential palace. It's underground, so why are we fighting? And Zex is like, well, we have to stand up for something. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Uh, Zex says, like, hey, I know you don't have a cool Gundam like me. You can go leave. But she's like, listen, I'm not leaving you. I've waited all this time, and I can't wait any longer. And Zex is like, understood. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in uh, space, the Altrion and the Zero fall into Earth. They keep fighting. Uh, Wu Fei is like, I'm not going to accept Relena's peace. Her peace is stupid and bad and not cool. And Hero's like, so you'll accept Maramania's autocracy. And she's got to repeat history. You've got to stop the cycle, you fucking idiot. And then Hero asks how many people must see. You know, you fight and kill. And there's a flashback to the dog. And this is all very You barely ever saw good. the girl's face. It was really the dog Hero felt yeah, bad they about killing. They play with the dog. I mean, it's what I feel bad about. <laughs> <laughs> And so Hero trying to like prove his point somehow just like stops fighting and cuts his thrusters and just falls into the ocean. He's basically like, "All right, bro, I'm about to head out." And <laughs> yeah, and Wufei just off. has this joint flashback of, at the same time of him if his colony exploded with Master Lawn and everything on there. And so he's like, "You know what? Sure, go do whatever. I don't care." Fine. Um, Back in space, we see a quick scene of Duo, Quatra, and Troa. Uh, they somehow get to get the asteroid, which is now back in Earth with their Gundams. So they get in their Gundams, and now they're heading to Earth in their cool new Gundams. You know, gee, it would be really, really sad if the asteroid that Quatra fired away from the sun <laughs> happened to hit the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did anyone do any course correction on that? I mean, no, no, he was fine with his two explosion course corrections. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if it's going fast enough, to get from Venus to Earth in 24 hours. They don't have much time to sort of stop it from then hitting the Earth. Yeah. Nothing is traveling She's parked it fast. out front. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a problem in like 80 years when it makes right, its orbit back right. in from like the Neptune area. Yeah. So um, Deacon is watching Zex and Noin fight on some monitor. He says that they're surrounded. They don't have any chance versus his new mobile suits. Um, we cut to a scene of President Ooh. Leslie Nielsen. With this is a lifetime movie scene right here. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's I didn't very realize funny. it was the president. <laughs> yeah, that's the president. Oh, that's why they show it. Yeah. Okay. And this, there's a scene of him looking very Leslie Nielsen. Um, he's watching like the news on the TV from wherever the fuck he is. Like they didn't capture him, so he's just like in a hotel or something. Who knows? <laughs> Um, a granddaughter asks, Dad, a "Granddad, why did there have to be wars? I thought the wars were done." And president's like, "Oh, there shouldn't be wars anymore, but you know, shit happens." And then, like, he gets kind of mad that, like, not more people are standing up to the fascism that's happening, which oh, I feel can almost, scene. yeah, it could feel almost be like a commentary about today, but, you know, it's gone the way. Wow, cool robot. Yeah, there's more wow, cool robots of Zex annoying fighting. They're doing, like, a non-lethal takedown run, so, like, they're shooting, like, the enemies in the knees and then the head, so, like, they don't harm the pilots. But, like, it's hard because these robots are better and they're outnumbered. Uh, but the three new Gundams show up in the nick of time to save them. There's more Wauku robot fight scenes. It looks cool. Um, Quatra says, good job on not killing anyone. Um, there's a bunch of cool new animations here. Heavy Arms does a triple front flip Sao Cow, and then, like, it's also wearing its clown mask, which is very funny. <laughs> when did you get that built, Trilla? So dumb. Like... The, again, it's one of those cases of, like, if it was established that this was a thing, like, in G Gundam, like, this maybe would have worked, but yep. it just looks They just absurd. put it on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, for what it's worth, the new Heavy Arms looks better than the old one, but it still doubles down on its Achilles heel. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks considerably sleeker and cooler and not, like, a very strange cocaine table. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. 
Um, so Deacon's watching all this. He's mad that the Gundams are there. Uh, Marame is like, well, even if they win, they still can't get on their ground into our cool shelter. Of course they can. They can. Have you not watched any of Gundam Wing? They well, are invincible. That and also, if you're just trapped in a shelter, I don't care if you're calling yourself the leader of Earth. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, just stay down there, I guess. <laughs> if your army's been non-lethally taken down, I think you might just be beaten. It's the Republic of China problem. If you fuck off to an island someplace, everybody's be like, no. <laughs> just do what they want. Basically. Yeah. Um, so Relena says that, like, I'm done running from the truth. And so she runs over and takes over, like, one of the comm stations that one of these serpent guys are at. And then makes one of these public broadcasts, because I guess that's just a button that they have ready. Uh, she broadcasts to everyone on Earth saying that, like, peace isn't something that is giving to you. You have to fight for it. And then is immediately cut off because someone, like, takes her away. Relena grows as a character for the first time in... 20... Four, yeah, 40? 43 episodes. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, First Deacon, thing she does this movie. True, that too. So Deacon's kind of mad at her. Um, he says that it's too early for that. Uh, Marimea asks if she's the guiding the public to battle, which is totally against your pacifism. You look like a hypocrite now. Ha ha ha. But she's like, I'm not a peacecraft anymore. We need people who hope for peace, not people who practice total peace. So maybe she, maybe right here is where she realizes that total pacifism is fucking stupid and you need to stand up for yourself every once wow, in a while. Wow, Dad, you actually were an idiot. Yeah. Uh, civilians were watching this on the news outside. They saw Relena get cut off. Um, there's a whole bunch of people like in this like town square arguing about what they should do. Uh, Dorothy there are a shows bunch of up. Veterans too, like it's mentioned. Yeah, so Dorothy shows up, and first off, she's wearing some fly winter fashion. She looks real nice. Um, she starts asking if Maramea is the master that they've been waiting for. Like, are you all going to wag your tail like dogs at her? And then this one guy gets angry, and he's like, "What the fuck did you just and, say to me? I'll have you know that I was a vet with five replies, confirmed kills." She replies with one of the most confusing things, which she's like, "Well, I guess you aren't the dogs that wag the tail. I guess you're the tail that's wagged." And everybody's like, "I'll fucking what? stab you!" And she's like, <laughs> "No, the real men are up there on the screen," and just like gestures at the coverage of I guess the Gundams yeah. it's way do, do you think there's an action news zoom. camera there yeah all you see is yeah it's like really lazily animated you just see like a zoomed out city with some kind of lasers and explosions happening very nondescript yeah yeah so the veteran guy gets really angry after Dorothy calls her them worthless um, if you're not always fighting you're garbage I don't care if you fought <laughs> and got wounded and need to not fight anymore it, you always should be fighting it's me Dorothy I still have no sense of right or wrong <laughs> so the civilians start to get like riled up and a mob starts and they're like we gotta go to the presidential palace where the Gundams are fighting and show them what's up and so Dorothy's like, well, how about you get there in my giant fucking gold truck? And then she, like, pulls this truck out of nowhere. It's the biggest and, Uber you've ever seen. And, like, a whole bunch of trucks show up, and they all carpool over to the presidential This is house. the high point of the entire movie. It is. It's so fucking funny. This car, this fucking truck is gold-plated. It's Dorothy's back, everybody. <laughs> She's good again. Oh, woo <laughs> Um, so we're back to the wow cool robots fighting. Um, there's a shot of heavy arms in the clown mask. It's funny. He's a clown. haha. They're all think they're fighting a losing battle. They know they can't keep up the pace that they're going because there's too many mobile dolls. Sorry. Uh, they announced that they're losing, fighting a losing battle, which is the only way that they ever lose. battles. can be a losing yeah. battle. Yeah. Um, back on the bottom of the ocean, wing zero is just kind of lying there. Uh, the zero system starts up again, uh, and the wing zero stands up and heroes like, this will be the final fight. I and swear so, I will fire you into the sun after this, 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 this last one, and then I'll I fire promise. you into the sun. I promise. Yeah, so he takes off and flies away. 
Uh, back in the city, they're all looking kind of, all the Gundam pilots are looking kind of beat up. Um, Zex is telling them to leave, but Quattro's like, if we were fighting to kill, then we would have been done by now. And Dua's like, if we wanted to retreat, we also would have been done by now. And Troa's like, all the serpents have been brainwashed and they're thinking the Dekim's fighting. Uh, all the serpents have been brainwashed by Dekim to think that fighting is the reason for living. So it's the same thing that Trace was doing earlier. Um, Relena is talking to Dekim and Marmea. She says that Darlin is now, or now, no, she says Relena is a Darlin now. Yeah, and... so, yeah, she's not trying to take revenge because that only breeds more revenge and it's a stupid cycle. And Marmea thinks that she's like that because she lost her battle because she's seven and doesn't understand anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maramea then, like, gets told by one of the guards, like, hey, the Gundams have stopped fighting. So they all look, and, like, they think they're going to self-detonate, but, like, they don't want to harm the serpent soldiers, so they're, fuck... Like, they all run out of bullets and energy and shit, and, like, well, we could blow ourselves up, but that would also harm the people. We have to fight for peace, but we can't actually hurt anyone when we do that, even though we're fighting literal fascists. We're fighting fascists, but we can't hurt them... That would make us the bad guys. Well, because there's still civilians in that town, I guess, for some reason, even though it was just hostily taken A over. A literal war zone. Well, yeah, yeah, but they won't even yeah. kill the people in the mobile suits they're fighting. They're like, no, no, non-lethal only, these fascist yeah. idiots. Yeah. So, Wing Zero shows up. It's finally arrived. And it's up above, like, where the presidential palace was. Now there's just, like, a big iron door. And, um... It gets its buster rifle ready, like it's let out the fire. And Hero skypes up Deccan in the mall, and he's like, hey, is your shield up? And they're like, uh, yeah, why? He's like, okay, just making sure. And then he fires his buster rifle at the underground palace, and it, like, shakes I actually lot. liked that a lot. <laughs> like, yo, hey, by the way, is your, do, do you have your bulletproof vest on? Good. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it starts shaking, and everybody starts kind of, like, freaking out of it. It's like, he's like, well, will the shields hold, huh? Who knows? And Mara May is starting to look scared because, I mean, I guess she's a seven-year-old girl and now she's getting a giant fuck laser fired at her. And Relaine is just like, ha-ha, you fucking idiot. And the big problem here is we realize that this new variation on the Wing Zero is made of paper and if it tries to fire the Buster Rifle, starts blowing up instantly after the first shot. Like, it's already exploding. Like, not like... Oh no, my arm joint isn't working. Like it's exploding in small amounts that's more here and there. That uh, he fought Wu Fei earlier because he got beat up by Wu Fei. I pretty guess, badly. yeah, that's what it but, is. But and then yeah, he fires the it again. It doesn't get sold at all, like as it, that as the reason. It for just it. looks like it's like a backfire thing. Yeah, <laughs> just like the Zero can't even handle its own rifle. Yeah. Yeah. So Deccan calls up here. Is like, why are you firing your gun at? We have Relena here, and then he hesitates for a second, but he's like. No, no, fuck it. I've been trying to kill her the entire series and fires again. <laughs> uh, the Zero starts blowing the hell up right here. The Presidential Palace also starts to blow the hell up. But somehow, out of nowhere, Oon is there. She broke into the underground Presidential Palace and, like, dive tackles Relena and Maramea out of the way to save them from falling rubble. Don't worry about it. This is, like, the biggest grab I think this entire fucking movie does. Like, I don't understand how she... God, whatever. She broke into the, the most secure compound on Earth to yeah. save Maramea. Uh, so Un asks if they're okay. Marame is like, who the fuck are you? Uh, Un says that even if you're wrong, I can't let Trace's daughter die because, you know, she still has, like, a mommy thing going on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, Deacon gets noticed that another Gundam has shown up. It's Wufei. Wufei's with the mob. He says that he doesn't have to fight anymore now that there are people willing to stand up for peace. Um, so, like, Wufei basically gets his entire character arc resolved off screen? Yeah. 
It, it's showed. like he helped raise the army up and then just left, and none of that ever happened on screen. It's a sense of justice, I guess. Uh, and we see a shot of the other gun. The pilot's kind of mad that they didn't have to self-destruct. Um, <laughs> Un gives a kind of wrap-up speech underground. Uh, says that like Terry has fought a losing battle, but he loved people who stood up and fought, and now there is peace, and people should accept the Gundams or something. Deacon, meanwhile, is watching all of this happen, and he realizes that everybody around him is fucking insane. So he starts saying that he can't lose and that the Bartons need to lead the Earth Sphere United Alliance or whatever. Marmea is like listening to him about this and she starts getting like brainwashed again. And she's like, oh, wait, I got to be victorious. I have to win. But then Un goes to slap her, but then Relena steals the slap. No, it's- no, I got to slap a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> she slides was- in the frame like, bam! Yeah, I really want to like paint a picture here. So it's... <laughs> Again, Un is getting ready to slap this seven-year-old, maybe standing a good... And she's like, I'm know, sorry about this. Yeah, like, she's like, I'm about to slap you now, as she's standing, like, a foot and a half away. Her hand is raised, her right hand, and then Relena, from the left, like, <laughs> slides in front of Un just barely in this, like, two-foot, like, one-and-a-half-foot gap, and then just immediately just plap, like, a really quick one across Bam. the face. And it's just this beautiful moment of... Why did you have to do that? <laughs> she was kidnapped and held hostage for several days by this seven-year-old, like, I, I guess. I don't blame her for it. It's just more of like, it's, just it's a really funny bizarre. Scene, yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, it could have been just Un saying, hey, you have to stop this, and Relena doing the slap, but they both wanted the slap. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Relena tells Maramea it's time to open her eyes. It's like, you know what fear is. You should acknowledge mistakes have been made in the path. And, like, while this monologue's going on, Deckard's in the background getting really pissed and no one's paying attention to him. So he just pulls a gun on her. Uh, Relena's like, if you're going to shoot me, do it. I've been lying to die for 49 episodes. <laughs> and Deckard's like, well, you know, public expects to obey the victor, and that's going to be me. So I'm going to shoot you now. Bye. So he tries to shoot Relena, but Maramea dives in front and takes the bullet instead. When will this cycle ever end? Yeah, Deckard's like, this is stupid, but you know what? I can make another kid. Who cares? And then Un pulls out a pistol ready to shoot Deccan, but instead a random mook off camera shoots him. Yep. So they're like, this a is rando. the second stolen slap. And yeah. <laughs> so this random serpent mook shoots him and says that he executed the rebel in the name of Trays. And then they salute Deccan and it's all very stupid. Uh, Relena is holding the shot Maramea. Um, she says like, you've been mistaken about everything. Or Maramea says that she was mistaken about everything. So here's her redemption arc. Who cares? Hero shows up. I don't know how we survived the Wing Zero exploding and falling to the ground. Yeah, it but they literally the, blew up. This is what I would say is the biggest reach of this. Because, like, I could kind of maybe see Un maybe was there already doing something else. Sure, whatever. I, it's, Her office okay, was no. in the, the mansion that got <laughs> Yeah, downstairs. no, I mean, it doesn't really work. But this one is insane. Hero just walked on it, up. It shows the wing with him inside of it, like, blowing up, big time exploding, like, backfire of the buster rifle, the weapon able to destroy a colony, that level of explosion and damage and stuff, and the Gundam blowing up, and he was also, you know, a couple thousand feet in the air, and now he's just he's fine. fine. No, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the show has already do- set that precedent, though, with Zex surviving that massive Yeah, explosion. that never got brought up. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Zex literally, he was like, how did you live? He's like, well, I did die. And then I decided dying was dumb and for assholes. So I came back. <laughs> so uh, Hero shows up. Um, he says, like, I'm going to relieve her of her pain. Points his gun at Maramea. 
he pulls the trigger, but his gun is empty, and he says, I've killed Maramea. I've never, now I'll never have to kill anyone ever anymore. And, like, he passes out standing up. He then holds we, his finger up and goes bang, and then he falls over as the police run out. Oh, wait. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. They really wanted to rip that scene, but they did not have the chops. <laughs> so, and so, Relena, I have to give her credit. She goes from crouching, holding Maramea, to letting out a hero, and then catching him before he passes out. So, like, she's got some, like, good legwork going on there. Wait, so do you think she just, like, immediately dropped the shot seven year old? Yeah, so Maramea um, gets taken off to a doctor off camera. It's one of those things that's just like, well, she was kind of a bitch. And it's like, she was seven. It's like, yeah, fictional seven, though. <laughs> <laughs> her uh, writer kind of wrote her as a, as kind of a bitch. Well, so they do say that Maramea isn't dead, right? And they're like, well, we're going to no, take no, her no. to the doctor. She's in a scene yeah, later. Yeah, she's yeah. not dead. It's okay. We can laugh about it because the kid lived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's like, but she got shot and she was bleeding. And Don't she, worry about it. She got like shot through the lung. She should be super dead. But yeah. anyway, we get a montage of outside the serpent soldiers are getting out of their mobile suits and disarming and throwing guns in a pile. And they're burning the guns and Wufei's watching an improvement. Yeah. Uh, we get a time skip. Um, we Sandrock, Deathsight, and Heavy Arms are on the top of a hill. They get they're in a lovely little like park type yeah, thing. Yeah, they blow basically. up a fucking nice park with these guns. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I was saying in the beginning. These Gundams have self-destructs on them. They could have just blown this up instead of sending them into the sun earlier. Right? It was a bit dramatic. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like, it seems to me like a dual plan. <laughs> like, Throwing them into the sun is such a, I might need this later, so let me give myself <laughs> like 72 hours just to be totally sure. Yeah. Uh, so Troa's like, well, I guess I'm nameless again, and Quatrick does some quip about, you know, Troa's fine, or whatever. Uh, Dua says, uh, like, having a home is more important than having a name, which, sure. Um, we got the Wufei. Wufei wasn't cool enough to blow up his Gundam in a park, so, like, I guess he went back to the Guiana Highlands or something. He blows <laughs> it up there. Uh, he says, uh, Nataku, he tells Nataku to rest in peace. By the way, they never covered who Nataku is or why it's there. It's a bastardization of, like, the goddess of victory or something that his wife gave the name of the Gundam. Because she was supposed to be the original Project Meteor Gundam pilot or something. This is in one of the other pieces of media. It's stupid. There's a lot of random plot points that never get brought up but are nonetheless yeah. true. Um, Sally's there with them. Uh, she says that Noin and Zex went to go fuck and that she's like, well, I'm bored now. I need someone to do a partner with me. Will you help me go do my preventer shit? And he's like, well, I got nothing else to live for. Um, we just like sure. This whole ending, by the way, seems like a very like um, National Lampoon. Where are they now? Sort of. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in space, Zex and Noin are on a shuttle. They're heading towards a terraforming project, which I'm assuming is Mars. Um, Zex makes some quip about like I'm a dead person, and that's great for this job. And then it's, they just bounce their eyebrows. They bounce at each their eyebrows other. at each other because they're gonna fuck for like five months as they wide out there. Um, narrator breaks in, says it's after Colony 197. Peace is back, baby. A woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Gundams were never seen again. I'm sure. This one is, this is my favorite part. Like, yeah, so. All of this. The, the last, the second to last scene, Maramea and Un are at a graveyard giving respects. This is the same graveyard, I think, that was in the last episode. Uh, we get the end song credits playing over the montage here. Uh, Duo is so we yeah this montage is happening like Duo is looking for hard drives at a market and then he has dinner with Hilda someplace. This is where uh, what you call it is Ralk. Ralk yeah that's where the Ralk sign is. Uh, 
Quattro is doing construction for his company with the Maganot Corps. Uh, Tro is at the circus. There's a bunch of elephants in space. He catches Catherine 400 feet up in the air. Uh, Sally and Wufei. And just, just to be clear, the reason I'm so into Rolf <laughs> is because the ad you see for it is I think it's supposed to be cigarettes is my best guess because it, <laughs> it does look like there's like two white things sticking up out of the pack of Rolk, but yeah the I thing is it it's really hard to tell yeah it's because cigarettes. it could also just be like a weird it's either cigarettes or like a weird pocky or something because all it is is a face next to a rectangle that's kind of fucked up and it says Rolk R-A-L-K and I think yeah I think it's like a couple Joe Camel ziggies. the Rolk man for what sticking it's worth, up the top, but it's hard to say because there's a lot of like degradation on the sign, like <laughs> intentionally, intentionally. Also, in that same shot, there's a members only, not members only. <laughs> there was also he went only. to a McDonald's too. Yeah, there was a McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> I also do like the cutoff one that's just cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Sally and Wufei are off doing bomb disposal or something. Zach's annoying her playing chess between their fuck sessions. Uh, President uh, Leslie Nielsen's doing space stuff, and Relena's there looking to the sky. And uh, as they do the last fade, Hero is chilling in, I guess, Tokyo? And he says, Mission complete, and that's the end of the series. And then the movie ends. Uh, oh, and then, oh no, it also says that mobile suits were never built again, ever. On Earth. Which, because there's later material of them on Mars. But sh- Citation needed. Yeah. So that's Endless Waltz. I hope you had a great time with this terrible series. What a bookend for an awful show. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I don't know what to say, but it was it was an adventure. I guess. I, I think it, what we were saying before is like this show tries the retcon the motivations of the characters to make them more redeemable at the end, but like none of it really lands. No, because like it feels that like instead of these characters being brainwashed going to Earth to try to solve something and realize what they were fighting for was false, it real most of them are just like oh they just want the Earth to be assholes. Just go do donuts with your Gundam on Earth for a little bit. That'll fucking show those Operation Meteor. <laughs> I mean, really? They don't They don't say what Hero did, per se, but, like, Troa and Duo just go to Earth on a whim. Quatra yeah. fights for what his heart believes in, which I guess is fucking around on a violin. <laughs> Wufei saw his entire family and everybody he know died and then just fucked people up for, because he was angry? No fighting in space. But, like, they ended up going to the same bases and stuff, and they were like, oh, we were sent on the same missions, but then half of them weren't even it's, sent on missions? It's, I such think it was, a re- it's such a hardcore retcon that it's, like, impossible to even try to justify. Yeah, like, I think yeah. what happened is they all got down there, fucked up some shit for the while, and I was like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And the Gundam scientists are just watching up for the colonies, like, these fucking <laughs> kids don't know what the fuck... Go, go here and shoot that! And that, that's all they did. I don't know. The whole plan was very God. stupid. Like I said, well, the Operation I'm, Meteor just didn't I'm very sense. glad the scientists are still dead. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. They only showed up in flashback. It's very good that the scientists all died. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to I get one last thing before we move on here. Uh, from everybody, I'm going to start with, what is your favorite part of Endless Waltz? Starting with Serene. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Oh boy. Um hmm. oh that's 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 tricky. I I really did enjoy Verlina stepping in and slapping the <laughs> Yeah, the, the sto- yeah, the stolen slap was quite strong. Uh Vickis, what do you got? Oh boy. Uh god, the golden truck was really, really <laughs> fucking like that was the moment where I was like, Yeah! Yeah <laughs> The one time. Yeah. 
Uh, Kubo? I think it was how how fucking thirsty Noin was in every single goddamn scene she was in. <laughs> this God, girl needed to get was, laid. It was incredible. I think, I think mine was Duo's confusion over what God of Death means throughout the whole film. <laughs> am I giving? Am I because, taking? What's the, what's the plan? Yeah, like multiple times he's like, well, guess I'll kill myself. Time to be the God of Death. And it's like, that's not what that means. Duo. And he's just like, nope, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> oh. Fuck. Well, so uh, next time we uh, got- we'll be watching pretty good movie to wrap up this season so one could I'm call it a spiritual man. successor to paul blart having yeah 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 so we needed paul blart one and paul blart two and there isn't a paul blart three but there is another adam sandler film that is notoriously god awful that also has a sequel that's allegedly incredibly worse it's than the first films, one and but... we're we're gonna find out when we watch grown-ups oh. next time on Deep podcasts of the Gundam Heroes. Hooray! Grown-ups! It's, I'm gonna get chocolate wasted. That's the, that's the one joke I've heard of that movie. And that was, the only reason I've heard of it is because it was in the trailer for the second movie, despite being in the first movie. That's how dire <laughs> the second movie is. They just use a part of the trailer from the first one as a joke. You know, I wonder if we will miss the maturity of these 15-year-olds. <laughs> Oh, when I thought you were going to say of the Paul Blart films. I have to yeah. say that like, I skimmed through the movie for like 30 seconds to just make sure it worked. And God, I was so angry just watching the 30-second clips that I saw. So like, <laughs> yeah! Honestly, like, That's what I like to hear. I, 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 I'll have to reserve final judgment till next week. But like, from what I saw in that movie, it looked worse than Paul Blart 2, which is fucking astonishing to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah! I'm excited. So till next time, everybody, space anime. Season three.